0: It is Tuesday, August 1st, 2023, in the United Corporations of America, joined by the real progressive, Steve Grumbine. Um, Steve, quite the show. Uh, I'm hearing rumblings on X uh, or Twitter or Elon Musk's fantasy, whatever the platform is these days, uh, that a certain uh, former president might be indicted soon. Uh, so we'll keep the audience uh, abreast on those particulars. Uh, but a lot to get to. Um, we have uh, more corporate media fear-mongering about Cornell West and his grave threat to democracy. AOC is now chiming in on that. Uh, very diplomatic words, but still, uh, I would I would say uh, her <sighs> throwing out some fear-mongering. Uh, we have <laughs> polls showing that the election were held today between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. uh, I think there's a strong possibility of a Trump uh, 2.0 here. Uh, And if we have time, uh, there's other stuff going on in the labor movement. Let's start. This is from, oh, smash the like button, share this live stream so more people could see, uh, but very important to press like. Also, if you can open up another tab at the same time, technology these days, make sure you subscribe to Real Progress in Action, uh, that's Steve and the Real Progressives on YouTube. Uh, like Status Quo, they are one of the few actually doing in depth, non sexy progressive uh, reporting and commentary on uh, labor, on uh, Wall Street screwing you, on the actual real uh, um, how money actually works. Steve, what have you been working on recently at Real Progressives?
1: Getting my spirit back in order, brother. I took a momentary hiatus, and uh, I'll be getting back to it here shortly. Um, Just, man, this this stuff is just soul-sucking. You know what I mean? You're trying to get the word out there. So, folks... Help us get back up. Help me get back up on my feet. Give me some inspiration, baby.
0: <laughs> I might be taking uh, I might be taking a bit of a spirit break myself at the end of August, uh, which would basically be me drinking whiskey for a week uh, when my baby's asleep, of course. Uh, but I'll be sober enough to do everything I need to do now. Cornell West uh, has not even won the Green Party nomination yet. That would be next year. We've seen at least, I don't know, I'm counting eight or nine thought pieces, basically the same piece, only mildly different headlines, CNN, The New York Times, The Washington Post, segments on CNN's, uh, obviously CNN, MSNBC, even Fox about Cornell West is going to tip the election over to uh, Donald Trump. Uh, Bernie has endorsed Biden. AOC has endorsed Biden. But for the most part, AOC said some complimentary things about Cornell West. Others have, uh, but now we have a piece from The Hill, headline: "Cornell West Bid Prompts Worries from Progressives." Quote: "I just wish he wasn't doing it." So my first thought, Steve, is who are these progressives uh, in the piece? Because The Hill might have a different uh, standard on what makes a progressive than I do. Uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but progressive lawmakers are voicing concerns of a Cornell West third-party bid. Worried that a figure they respect could cripple President Biden's prospects in 2024. Uh, if you looked at the New York Times polling today, I think Biden's chances are crippled with or without Cornell West. We'll get into those numbers in a little bit. Uh, West launched a Green Party campaign earlier this year to inject more leftism into the cycle, yada, yada, yada. Now, with the Republican nomination of former President Trump seeming more and more plausible, progressives are becoming more outspoken about their worries. Quote, I think he has a very long record of service and academic thought leadership, AOC told the Hill last week. I think just right now, given the Electoral College, it's very difficult to square the very real threat of a Republican presidency with the risk of giving up the very small margin of electoral votes needed to ensure that President Biden wins. Boy. (laughs) For shuts for such a short statement, there's a lot to break down in those two sentences. Uh, I have a lot to say, but <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go first, Steve. To me, the, the term right now really stands out to me because we could repeat that right now in 2028. If it's Marjorie Taylor Greene or, you know, James Comer or who's the guy from Ohio with the wrestling, uh, uh, Jim Jordan. Uh, I don't know. Name your loony, fucking crazy Republican, uh, Ted Cruz. Um, if it's third party candidate, I don't. I don't know. Name your third party candidate. I feel like we could be reading that same thing in 2028, 2032, and so on and so on. Not this. Not this time. Eh, the stakes are too high this time. <laughs> this is the most important election of our lifetime. I don't want to minimize it. We're both on record. We certainly don't want Trump to be president again, but why is right now more frightening than it would be that it has been in every single election that they tell us if we don't hold our nose and vote for the corporate ghoul, we will melt.
1: This is a standard form template. I think the date on the bottom and the fine print, you know, government doc id whatever it, it's just the template fill in the name fill in the year fill in who the boogeyman is is what since like what since tip o'neill i mean we're we're talking about we've had the same standard rhetoric going back forever and they have a rotating idiot to get up in front of the crowd to say Oh my God, now is just not the time. I mean, they've been telling black people now is not the time to be worried about police. Now is not the time to be worried about voting records. Now is not the time to be worried about reparations. Now is not the time. Now is not the time. Now is not the time. It's been that way. And that's the standard rope dope <laughs> from a party that is so, so, so completely and utterly bankrupt of moral identity, policy identity values, anything useful whatsoever. And lo and behold, the fear of Trump doesn't outweigh the complete ineptitude and absolutely bankrupt Democratic Party. Um, So, you know, if, if it means something to somebody, if, if that kind of rhetoric gets to you, if that makes you feel good inside, whatever, man. <laughs> but that when I read that, I, I I'm like a child, I guess call call me an immature little child. That's what the Democrats will always call anybody that breaks rank. So the fact of the matter is is that what does it do? It inspires me to do precisely the opposite of what they say it's It's almost like a uh it's an advertisement for Cornell West is what it is.
0: Well, what I find really interesting I mean there's a lot of things interesting about it, but she has stated herself that if she were in Europe, her and Biden wouldn't be in the same party. She has said that, um, which is true. Um, she, I mean, we know, 2018, let's bring the ruckus to the Democratic Party, all that. Uh, the ruckus has gone out the window, and now it's let's have, you know, high tea. Let's have a pillow fight. Uh, let's, yeah. Uh, but when you say, Colin, if you could put the quote back up, uh, he's got a very long record of service and academic thought leadership. Um, I don't, I, you know, in fairness, I don't really know if she meant it this way, but to me, it kind of is like a backhanded compliment. Like, oh, you know, he's done a lot in the thought space, but you know, let's get real here. This is where the big, the grown ups play. Uh, Cornell West is out of his realm. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's how I read it. I don't know if she meant it that way. But when she says, I just think right now, given the electoral college, it's difficult to square the very real threat of a Republican presidency with the risk of giving up the very small margin of electoral votes needed to ensure Biden wins. There's a lot of issues with that. But my main issue is, if there's such a small margin, why are you spending your time? I mean, she doesn't have to say this to Politico, excuse me, The Hill, she does, you know. She obviously wants her statement out there about Cornell West, about uh, the election. Why aren't you spending your time either? I would prefer publicly, but you know, privately, because she she has said you know, There's a lot that goes on privately in terms of leveraging votes. Why is she and the the so-called squad not spending their time trying to push Biden to actually take actions now that might move that margin over to his side? I mean, I interviewed Dave Dayan last week. There's specific executive actions Biden can take. I think if it's such a small margin, the New York Times poll today has Biden and Trump tied. Uh, we're going to get into some of the polling. Why aren't you spending your time? You have 13 million Twitter followers. You pick up the phone, you could get on CNN, uh, MSNBC, Fox even. You can get on 60 Minutes if you want. Why aren't you spending your time pushing Biden to take strong executive actions on climate? When literally we are on fire under global boiling, why aren't you telling Biden specific things he could do on health care? Uh, you know, specific things you could do to regalvanize the young people, which according to polls you are losing young people. To regalvanize Black voters, according to polls, Black voters have been uh, uh, shrinking away from Biden, particularly young Black voters. It seems to me if you're really progressive and you are concerned about this small margin, you would be trying to get Biden and the democratic party to move voters rather than trying to sway cornell west stay home don't run
1: yeah i mean just the student debt alone just the student debt alone that he could have done the right thing and just wiped it out altogether before all this nonsense with the supreme court and his bastardized version that alone would have assured a perpetual dem that would have been like you could have hated the Democratic Party forever, and you would have still loved the Democrat. You would have you would have found a way to celebrate Joe Biden annually the rest of your life if he actually did that. So he had opportunities. Not only that, but the idea, I, I get back, this is super important. He could have stacked the court and literally made it impossible to overturn Roe v. Wade. He did not do that. Every step along the way, every chance he had to use tools at his disposal to ensure that the progressives, uh, the, that the left, that people, regular working class people could survive and point to him and say, there's somebody with a vision. Every chance he's failed every single time. So to me, uh, you know, I, I don't really want to hear it. And, um, you know, AOC is a, probably the biggest disappointment of my political life next to Bernie Sanders uh, falling back in. But she is just an absolute albatross to me. What she's done is basically become a mouthpiece for everything that we're fighting against to to be able to actually push and not equivocate like a good union person, like someone going on strike. But instead of a company, regular people voting and with their feet, with their eyes, with their mouths to say, no, I'm not doing this again. You're not going to scare me to block Donald Trump to say we still are waiting on $2,000 checks. We're still waiting on any meaningful gains for the working class. What have you done short of start up more bullshit, Ukraine, China, Russia? What have you done beyond that? Nothing, not a damn thing. Not Trump is not enough.
0: Well, I also want to say, I want to say, and this isn't to defend her, but I do think sometimes because of her platform and sometimes because it's, frankly, good in a headline. She is the pinata. Let's not forget Rashida Tlaib here. Let's not forget no. Ilhan Omar. Let's not forget Rokana, who was never, you know, my idea of, uh, you know, fucking Che Guevara, but at least was sort of kind of progressive back in the Bernie days. Uh, Pramila Jayapal, who's dead to me anyway. Mark Pocan. <laughs> There's a lot more people than AOC that are doing diddly squat and have, frankly... Left actual hardcore progressives leaderless. Obviously, Bernie, who I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but no reason to endorse Biden at this point. Bernie yeah. still carries a big stick. Bernie could have said, I'm eh, weighing my options here. You know, you got progressives running like Marianne Williamson, per se, and actually gotten something for endorsing Biden. So it's not just AOC, but when I hear from her pushing, Fact-free, data-free bullshit, as I've been debunking over and over, when she says uh, uh, with the risk of giving up the very small margin of electoral votes needed to ensure that Biden wins, the problem with that, you are buying into and you are propagating the bullshit that if Biden loses, it's going to be because of the, let's say, Cornell gets 5%. That's going to be the difference. And then we're going to have to hear this for the next 20 years, like we have heard with Ralph Nader, even though the data shows Ralph Nader didn't cost Al Gore the election. Al Gore won. The Supreme Court cost Al Gore the election. And if you want to get really specific, there's a whole lot of Democratic voters in Florida that voted for George W. Bush. Al Gore lost his home state of Tennessee. You want to go to Jill Stein? Even Vox reported the uh, post-election analysis when the numbers were crunched, if Jill Stein wasn't on the ballot, Hillary Clinton would have tied in Michigan and Wisconsin and would not have had enough electoral votes to beat Trump without Jill Stein. And I don't see any data that shows, right now I'm seeing data. Colin, if we could put up the first uh, poll, this is from the New York Times, the headline was Trump and Biden are tied, but I actually went through the polls. Look at this, if the election were held today, Who would you vote for? Okay, I had Colin highlight this 18 to 29. This is the younger voters. We love all ages here at status school, but I'm specifically looking at this 18 to 29 year olds saved the Democratic Party's ass in the midterms. That's why the Democrats didn't have there was no red wave. That's why the Democrats lost the Senate. A lot of young people in particular came out primarily because of the uh, uh, Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Look at that nine percent. 18 to 29s, 18 to 29. If not, if the election were held today, not going to vote. Wouldn't vote if these were the choices. That's and for another candidate, less than one percent. So if this were true, uh, it's not to say some of them won't go to Cornell West, but nine percent as of now say they're not going to vote. So the margin, the problem with the margin is not Cornell West. The problem is you got a lot of people. 18 to 29 and older that simply will choose not to vote if it's Biden Trump. Yes, some of them will vote for Cornell West, but according to the polls right now, the young people and I would argue black vote black voters, particularly black men. That's why Hil- that's why Hillary Clinton actually lost. She got less black uh, black men than Obama got four years before her in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. But right now, I think the real problem is not a third party. You have a, de- a deflated uh, base problem. That's younger voters. That's black voters. And even if the margin is 1% in Milwaukee, 1% in Atlanta, 1% in Detroit of black men, 18 to 29, that's the ball game. But AOC, even though the data is showing right now, it seems more likely they just won't vote. AOC is promulgating promulgating is that a word propagating promulgating
1: propagating
0: <laughs> there you go AOC is uh propagating that the, pro- the- Cornell West will tip it over to Donald Trump which just isn't true
1: right you know i'm i'm watching the chat and it's interesting to watch the chat because there's a couple people in there that i can see the blue wave on their twitter handle without even seeing their twitter handle And uh, it's just a whole bunch of we we live to avoid to
0: avoid avoid defamation. They're X. Ah, yes. Yes. There you go.
1: Um, But the idea that people when I see someone just settle and say, I'm not I'm not pushing them any further. We've got two choices. It's Trump or Biden. We just go Biden. When I see that, my blood boils to the point that I can't even quite measure. Because we have been literally watching the supermajority of the Democrats produce exactly bupkis when they had it, and they they were silent. These people were silent, and the people that are suffering from that do nothingness are expected to fall in line. So these people that run around on high, you should you can only vote for Democrats. I mean, Jordan, we've been around people forever. That have shamed us for not voting Democrat, that run around the scolds that go around and do this. They have no idea that they are personally fertilizer for fascism when they do this stuff. They are literally creating new Trumpers every single day of the week when they do this because they're not pushing the Democrats to do the right thing. Because they just sit there and like spread eagle on the beach nude saying, Take me, I'm free. I mean, this is the kind of trash that we're dealing with and why nothing ever fundamentally changes. Thank you, Joe Biden. We have got to have a spine. We've got to have something other than just, what do you want, Trump? It, it It is so depressing in the year 20. What is it? 2023? Yeah, 2023. That people are still pulling out that same tired bullshit. I'm wondering, where's the paycheck? Are you getting paid by the party? Is the party giving you a little stipend to say these stupid things that make people vote for Trump anyway because they're so tired of being told, vote, no, you can't do anything but vote Biden. If you do, you give us Trump. People are literally like rushing to sign up to become Republicans when they do that. I'm not because I, I don't have any love for either of these groups, but there are people that are not dealing with a class analysis, that are not trying to make real change, that are just simply going to vote. And they see that they're immediately going the fascist route. There's no one that's going to cuck themselves into just going prostate. Go ahead. I'll vote for Biden. You won. You're right. I shouldn't have done it. It's ridiculous. And and when I I just hope people take a take a quick snapshot of their own, behavior and think about it because it's creating fascists.
0: And what I what I'd like to know and honestly uh, you know I I'm telling you to vote for whoever you want. I'm not telling I don't tell people who to vote for. But I am going to point out bullshit and the whole spoiler thing is bullshit and I have to point that out. But what I don't understand if there are kind of those blue no matter who people in the in the crowd today. Oh yeah. Why why isn't your ire on the Democratic Party right now when you're a year and a half before the election? And there are still avenues they could take to persuade voters to vote for Biden. Right now, in the polls, more Democrats than Republicans are open to a third party. Why aren't you asking yourself, why is that? Why aren't you asking yourself, why has Biden not mentioned a word about raising the minimum wage in over a year? Why did Biden run in a public option and he hasn't talked about it in two and a half years? Why is Biden giving climate speeches when we now have the term global boiling? The Atlantic Ocean is in triple digits heat. Coral reefs are either dying, like are, have bleach, or are dying, dying. Uh, Antarctica right now, you have things going on that only happen once every 13 billion years. And Biden just gave a climate speech announcing the bold visionary uh, policy of cooling centers and more precise weather forecasts. I'm glad we'll have cooling centers for the elderly and vulnerable, but that's really a Band-Aid to the apocalypse. You know? Yeah. So it, it, it's just mind-blowing. Why is there never? And I'm, I'm not just talking about the people who might be watching now. I'm talking about on Twitter. I'm talking about AOC who gave this quote. I'm talking about all of them who are leaking to the media how worried about uh, Cornell West they are. Why is there no, even in private, forget public, why is there no private nudging to the White House? Hey, here are some X, Y, Z things you could do. Forget lawsuits. Let the Republicans sue you. Take X, Y, and Z executive action to galvanize the base. I don't hear any of that because there is a basic conflict. The donors will not donate right now, which is all the Democratic Party cares about. To be fair, Republicans too. They're not going to give money if you take any executive action on health care, climate, or any of it. And that, that's the priority of the Democratic Party right now. They want to raise $2 billion. They think it's the most important thing is money for the presidency, Senate races, congressional races, governorships. And honestly, as Bernie said, I agree with them on this. I think they'd rather go down on the Titanic as long as they still have first class. Uh, I want to show I want to show uh, two more polls and get your thoughts. Uh, Colin, these are the other two I I asked you to highlight if you could put it up. So this is uh, Trump's favorability. I, I just couldn't believe this. Trump's favorability rating. Look at age 18 to 29. Very favorable, 19%. Somewhat favorable, 20%. Uh, I'm not good at math, but is that not 39% favorable among young people? That's pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Donald Trump. This is some of Gen Z, some of... Uh, millennials, you I mean, that should be like 10 to 15%, if that. And then you look at how he's doing among Black and Hispanic voters. Uh, he went up in 2020 among Black voters and Hispanic voters. Not a massive amount. But if AOC wants to talk about the margins that matter, this, these are the ma- margins that matter. Younger voters, Black voters, Hispanic voters, independents. He's at 13% among Black voters. Mm-hmm. He's at 1916%. Uh, that is, that's 34% among Hispanic voters. Um, the only thing I can think of is, uh, uh, contrary to what the Democratic Party has wrongly thought, that all these people care are race issues or immigration, they too are struggling in under-Bidenomics. They too aren't buying the economic bullshit that is being routine, routinely fed because, to be clear, Donald Trump isn't going to do anything for these people any, either. No. Donald Trump, oh, no. he's horrible. Steve. Yeah, uh, but again, Biden's the president. And unemployment insurance two and a half years ago and a fourteen hundred dollar check—that's a day. That's a day late and a dollar short, Steve.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I just spoke with one of my favorite economists, and he's really more of an anthropologist than Jason Hickel. A guy put out a basically a manifesto for eco-socialists. And he laid out some really impressive stuff. And I look at that and I say, oh, that's what I want. And I think that's what pretty much everybody left of center wants. And then I see this crap come out there. And you see that, honestly, Trump isn't, there's nobody that really wants Trump. I know I couldn't stand the mother, you know, I can't stand the dude, okay? That said, I despise someone that kisses me on the cheek and then stabs me in the back while they're doing it more. And, you know, as I think to myself, how are we going to survive climate crisis? For real, how are we going to survive it if you don't have someone seriously pushing? Like it's either fake, which it's not, or it's real, which it is. And you see nothing fundamental attacking this existential crisis. Nothing. Zero. And literally, what is it, uh, August 1st? In two months, two months, people haven't paid in three years their student debt. And they're going to get swept out the sea, as we talked about last time. I don't see anything other than a capitulation to Republicans over a debt ceiling issue. It should have been dead letter. It should never have happened at all, as we've talked about extensively on this channel and over on my channel. And yet the same vote blue sycophants that don't fight for anything useful, don't fight for anything meaningful other than vote blue. That's the level of their political analysis. That's the level of their class consciousness. That's the level of their vision. And they're sitting there lecturing people that are smarter than them, that are thinking through these things way deeper and trying to save lives every day. And their answer is vote blue. Fuck off, man. That is some bullshit right there. Use your brain, fight for what you're going to, whatever you vote for, do your thing. But don't you dare lecture me or anyone else for that matter about what the duopoly is and, and play this game of you're going to give us Trump. No, he is not. Biden is not in any way, shape or form entitled to my vote, nor is he entitled to yours. Don't be a cheap date. Don't be an easy lay freaking fight for it. Make somebody want you make them come back for more. Don't just give away the milk and say you know, just after a time, after a point in time, you've got to fight for something. And it's clear that the only thing some people will fight for is vote blue, vote for summer, vote for Pedro. And that's some bullshit. And that's why we're where we're at right this minute.
0: And you want to know something? Let's just look at uh, student loans, for example, which you point out uh, the, the bills coming October. Uh, people are screwed. Not just young people, plenty of middle-aged, older people who have student oh, loans. Yes. There's also a housing bubble. There's also, this doesn't get a lot of attention, but at the beginning of COVID, a lot of people purchased car loans that they couldn't afford, uh, that were kind of like predatory car loans, uh, 82, month, 82 month long repayments, but the interest rates were pretty high. What's amazing, Biden could do something, Elizabeth Warren actually ran on this, uh, using the Higher Education Act to um, cancel student loan debt. Supreme Court can't do anything about that. Uh, he's kind of hemmed and hawed. I'm considering using the Higher Education Act. So far, he's done nothing. There are a lot of specific things he could do that I think, based on the you know low expectations that American voters have, that could persuade voters. But he's not doing any of it. All we're hearing is on the uh, you know judge me judge me by the alternative, not the Almighty. And, you know, the fundraising emails James Carville just sent out. I can't sleep at night, you know, this kind of shit. So it's just I think the Democrats kind of reap what they sow. And for those that are going to, you know, do the the usual uh, call me fascist or call you a fascist enabler. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. But at some point, you got to blame the party. At some point, you got to blame the candidate. And by the way, um, at the end of the day, this is also a. Uh, true, true. Um, uh, it's 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 a true condemnation of neoliberalism. Yes. In any sane system, a incumbent president presiding over a supposedly strong economy, first a three time indicted president, because as we speak, it's being circulated on Twitter. He might have been indicted again over January sixth this time. Should be beating him by ten to fifteen points. Easy. So there seems to be a very big gap between what we're being fed about how great the economy is and people's real shitty experience. Uh, yeah, we're, I don't want to say until I know for sure, but we are hearing that Trump has been indicted again over January 6th. Colin, can you play that clip from Morning Joe? Because this, this is what I've been seeing across the board from all the robots on CNN, Morning Joe, and in this New York Times piece we're going to read. But I want to play this clip particularly.
2: But now look at the economic numbers there. Uh, they have all turned uh, in a really favorable direction for President Biden. Inflation is down It was down to 3 percent in June. Um, uh, incomes are rising faster than prices and have been for the last four months. Unemployment is still at 50 year lows at 3.6 percent. Um, stock market is is doing well um, and uh, it, it the Fed no longer predicts that we're going to have a recession. In fact, we had robust growth um, uh, this summer, uh, 2.4 percent in the last report. So um, this is this is all good news for him. And uh, instead of, uh, you know, Republicans had hoped that Bidenomics was something they'd be able to attack, particularly on the inflation front. Uh, And and so he's leaning into it and 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 attempting to turn uh, what could have been a weakness into a strength and saying this is working for you the inflation reduction act is working for you my theory of building from the middle out instead of the top down uh is working for you uh it's working for you trust us
0: <laughs> i mean
1: i, I want to tell you like when when the. I want to be calm. I'm gonna be calm when I say this. I'm gonna I don't want really you calm, here.
0: Steve. I, like, I, I want, want Steve to, fucking natural. grumbine, God damn it. And by the way, subscribe to Real Progress in Action. That is the Real Progressives channel on YouTube. Don't do it later, do it now. Real progress in Action, where you can see this fine silver fox dropping modern monetary theory expertise, among other things. Go ahead. So, you know.
1: As a, as a person with student debt, the idea of suddenly a new $1,000 a month payment coming through the door without any real meaningful way to prepare for it, just boom, here we go, is, is unbelievable. And the potential of not being able to make those payments is very real. And the idea of what defaulting on student debt does to you credit-wise and employment-wise is incredibly far-reaching for the privileged folks out there who say, just vote blue, just vote blue. Okay. You're not considering the people that are going to be swept out to sea. You're willing to let them die because you have no meaningful rebuttal whatsoever to the the calamity that they're about to face. And that's just a simple statement about student debt. Okay. This Biden economy was built on a $1.7, $1.7 trillion in deficit reduction and huge, huge interest payments into the wealthiest people through bond holdings, through the increased uh, interest rate uh, channel that we've watched the Fed do over the last year. This is brand new money pumped straight into the hands of people that have money. OK, so the people on the bottom are about to get a major savat kick right to the jaw, okay, over student debt. That is going to cause foreclosures. That is going to cause people to lose apartments. You can't get an apartment if you got bad credit. Where are you going to live? Oh, but but vote for Biden because Biden will make it better because Trump, I want you to understand how feckless and how pathetic that line of reasoning is. For somebody who's going to get crushed in a matter of minutes, your answer is, what do you want, Trump? What a pathetic excuse for existing, quite frankly. And so the people that are going to be hurting are the people I give a shit about. I don't care about the bourgeois small minds that just say vote blue. I care about the people, whether they're Republican, Democrat independent people not likely to vote older, younger, the people that are going to get crushed by this the two it's over two trillion dollars it's getting ready to land square on their heads like a tsunami and the answer is not just vote blue the answer is demand a fight for the people. If they're not going to fight for the people then we need to be prepared to take to the streets to do something organized and meaningful to fight back. It, unfortunately, There are people out there that will spend all of that oxygen in their bodies, all that carbon coming out of their mouths saying, vote blue, vote for summer, vote for Pedro, instead of fighting tooth and nail to ensure that those families are not destroyed and crushed by the returning of those student debts. I'm telling you, those student loans are going to be cataclysmic. I want you to understand when a government taxes at a federal level, It is literally pulling money out of the economy. The government never respends tax dollars. It literally shreds and deletes them. So when the government takes those federal student loans back, those student loan servicing companies, they get their little break off of that, whatever that amount is, whatever that little teeny chunk is, they get it by volume. And then the rest of that money is purged. It's deleted. It serves as a tax. Okay, so when you start telling us that that's more important to do that, to rank and file regular working class people, you have lost the plot. You are not a voice to be listened to if your answer is just vote blue. If that's all you say in the midst of this calamity while people are about to die. I mean, literally, I want you to understand the kind of debts, the kind of getting kicked out of the actual economy, the kind of losing your job, the kind of not being able to get a job, the kind of not being able to even rent an apartment, that kind of stuff that comes with a bad credit rating from defaulting on student debt. That is suicide inducing bullshit right there. And you, by just saying vote blue, you are part and parcel with that. So I would call you, wait for it, a murderer by proxy, a murderer by policy, a murderer by a lack of visionary understanding of what's about to hit people, not in your household. Other people, people that have to die for your small mindedness, them. Yes, them. That's what I'm talking about. And if you can't get out of your own way, it's kind of lead follower, get the fuck out of the way. In this particular case, your version of the world doesn't take into account any of the suffering, any of it at all. And there's a reason why Cornell West is not running as a Democrat, because he saw what happened to his good friend, Bernie Sanders, as he got cucked and swept out. OK, so next time you bring that blue, blue crap, remember the people that are suffering for your short memories and your weak memories. Weak, weak imagination for what we could do. Now, mind you, I'm not here stumping for Cornell West. I'm here stumping for holding this government accountable because I don't believe we're getting what we need out of the electoral process. But if you do, vote your conscience. But don't you dare lecture someone about voting for Biden because we can't have Trump. Because let me tell you something. I've lived the Biden experience, and I'm saying no mas, no more. I'm good. Steve?
0: news oh boy breaking news Uh, donald j trump has been indicted over his role in january 6th Uh, i don't have all the details but i'll give you the basics colin if you could just show what i just sent you uh looks like we got one two three four charges uh conspiracy defraud conspiracy to defraud the united states tampering with a witness uh, tampering. Oh, two counts of tampering with a witness, uh, conspiracy against rights of citizens. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I am seeing that there are some other, uh, co-conspirators or co-conspirators indicted with him, uh, including some of his attorneys. Uh, so I don't know which attorneys, Colin, if you could find that, that would be good. But The gist of it, uh, conspiracy to defraud the US, tampering with witnesses, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of January 6th. Obviously, we and John Farina, uh, our independent journalists, uh, video journalists, got the historic footage for us. But I will say, um, I actually think that this is going to set up a dynamic where you have the Democratic Party essentially... Continuing to run against fascism and voter shaming or attempting to voter shame all of us again, because now that they have Trump indicted over January 6th, they could run again only on January 6th and preventing, you know, the insurrectionists from getting back into the White House. Of course, I believe uh, January 6th. Very serious. I'm not like other left leftists who have minimized it, but but I also believe there are different term there are different types of fascism. There are different levels of fascism, and it's not only white supremacy, and it's not only uh, you know violent white militias or violent conspiracy movements. You also have corporate fascism, which has been going on in this country under both parties. For many many years, uh, I I would dare to say that Standing Rock was a form of fascism under a democratic president. I would dare to say that what's going on in Atlanta, Georgia right now, Cop City, where they are cutting down one of the last public forests in Georgia, uh, cutting down hundreds of acres of forest to put in a militarized police compound, I call that far. I call that fascism. Uh, I would say what they are doing under Biden to Julian Assange, a form of fascism. I would say that after, what, 20, 30 years of just an all out assault, uh, well, actually centuries, but let's look at the last 10 to 20 years, uh, the nonstop spree of police murdering unarmed black men, mass uh, immobilization of tens of millions of people that protested around the country after George Floyd was murdered. And then Biden gave police more money. So the fact of the matter is, I believe Donald Trump should be in prison over a lot of things. Uh, I believe it's very likely, unless he makes a deal, he will be convicted, for example, on the classified documents case. I think it's possible he is going to be convicted over January 6th, unless he makes a deal. Again, we'll see what evidence they have. I'm live and don't have all the details of the indictment. I'm sure, you know, we'll obviously uh, cover the details once we have it. But at the end of the day, I don't think, again, and um, I think Steve would agree, I think the bottom line is the same thing Steve and I talked about earlier in the show before he was officially indicted remain true now. I do not think for the people who are struggling struggling with having to work multiple jobs, Uh, still inflation is high. They could say whatever they want about, oh, it's down to 3% and prices are coming down. Where I live, gas gas is still high. Where I live, food is still high. There's an inflation that's been going on for 20 to 30 years. It's called gentrification with soaring rental and home prices. That's not getting any better. So I just don't know for the people that the economy is not good, which is the majority of the country. I don't know if continually pumping fundraising emails to them, if cable news and New York Times continually evoking and recounting January 6th, and now with a Trump indictment, continuing to push it like it just happened yesterday, I don't know if that's really gonna register with the masses because the masses are worried about their their present, not January 6th, as awful as it was. And for those who say, oh, it's just a protest that got out of control, they're not intellectually honest. This was an attempted coup. This was an attempt to overthrow an election. I mean, I don't think we actually have a free and fair election, free and fair elections. And I don't think we actually have a democracy. But the fact is Biden did win, whether I like it or not. And Trump tried to stop that result and overturn it. So, I mean, that's the reality. If you don't like it, I mean, too bad, whether you like Biden or not. I mean, at the end of the day, can you imagine if... 10 to 15 black people stormed the Capitol, what the right wing would have been calling that? If five to 10 Native Americans stormed the Capitol, what they would have been calling that? Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hold on one second. Um, But I just, I don't see any scenario at this point where, unless Biden does something significantly bold, uh, whether it be an executive action, whether it be something big on climate, uh, other than some unforeseen thing happening that we don't know about, Supreme Court doing something we don't expect, like the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I think we are are where we are. I I really think we are where we are. I can't, unless something comes out, and again, Maybe it will. I don't have the details of the. Um, I don't have the details of the indictment, unless they have some smoking gun against Trump that he was a lot more involved than we know. I'd be happy. I'd be happy if they have that. I don't know. Uh, I you know I'm live, so I can't really do the research as we speak. I think the number one thing is going to be the economy, and I don't think the same old same old Democratic messaging. I think right now Biden's campaign and the Democratic Party freak out and the media messaging is very, very similar, very, very similar to Hillary Clinton 2015, 2016, with no coherent message other than orange band fascist, vote for us. Message being, uh, build the middle class, rebuild the middle class, Biden, Bidenomics. Hillary didn't even have that strong of an economic message. But at the, underneath it, we have a $7.25 <laughs> Uh, minimum wage it hasn't it hasn't been raised in 14 years Biden is not even signaling that he's going to fight to raise it if you give him a Democratic Senate and house is that Cornell West's fault no is it the voters who right now according to the polls I showed you are not going to come out are not going to vote is it their fault that Biden didn't fight for a minimum wage I don't want to hear about the 50 50 Senate I don't want to hear about Manchin and cinema. Biden didn't even lift a finger to shame them. He didn't even try to go on a public crusade against them over the minimum wage. All he did was unilaterally surrender, citing the parliamentarian, who Trump, by the way, fired to ram through his tax cut for the rich. All right. Ready to take calls on this and whatever you want. We could talk Trump indictment. We could talk the polls. Biden first Trump. Whether Cornell West is a good thing or not, whatever you'd like, I'm ready for it. I got about eh, another 15, 20 minutes. Uh, Dial that number and let's uh, talk it out here. Uh, Also, by the way, as a reminder, we have our members only call. Our members only call Thursday at 7 o'clock Eastern. So if you are a status quo member, definitely, definitely put it in your calendar. 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific, Thursday night, Uh, sign up. Uh, before Thursday night to get the Zoom link to join our members call. We usually go for an hour or two, uh, always fun. Uh, we'll talk about uh, a lot of the TMI uh, that I like to tell our members uh, and a lot of behind the scenes, including where we're going to be going next. I believe we have our first caller, uh, Will, you're up.
3: Hey, Jordan, how's it going, man? I really appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely. So I'm a big fan of all your YouTube videos, and I really love your content, especially the things that you do with Craig Jardula. I think you guys are both very solid sources for independent media. And I just wanted to ask you today, what are the chances that people, when they go to vote in 2024, will actually be able to do enough research and understand the policies that Cornell West is running for and understand that the duopoly of the Republican and Democratic Party doesn't Really care about them in the terms of the economy and how everything is progressing, and what are the chances that he can garner enough of a five percent vote or more to actually change things?
0: Well, I think to do research, you have to know enough in terms of what your choices are. As it stands right now, I'm not that optimistic that the masses are going to know about Cornell West, uh, other than you know interviews from time to time. Um, Obviously, you know. Uh, I, I I think that the media will black him out at a certain point. Uh, I, yep, don't sure. I don't think they're I don't think they're going to have him on as it gets closer and closer. Uh, I don't, unless something radical happens. I don't see him getting on a debate stage with Biden and Trump. We're also assuming it's going to be Biden and Trump. A lot a lot of things could change from now uh, to then. From yeah, from that now to then. Um, and, you know, most Americans, I've i have seen this in local elections, state elections. Most Americans, honestly, are not you and I or people watching. They're not political diehards. They tune in maybe a week or two before the election. And most of what mm-hmm. they're exposed to is the onslaught of super PAC ads, particularly the swing states. Um, so I don't I think Cornell West could get fi- could get to five percent. I think he's a big enough name. Uh, I like Jill Stein, but I mean, reality is Cornell West is better known. Um, I think that he's more charismatic uh, and I think that he has more buckets of potential voters, younger voters, black voters, potentially even some conservative voters. And I also think if he does it, uh, if he does things smartly, I think between platforms like Rogan, platforms like Breaking Points, platforms, all the various podcasts he could get on. Media is a lot more fragmented than it was in 2016 and 2020. The cable news audience is shrinking. New York Times, Washington Post is losing uh, subscribers, di- specifically digital subscribers. So, in all the different if buckets, in, in all the different buckets of media, he could get to. I do think he could get to five percent, but it's certainly in terms of will people enough people research him? Certainly not people watching CNN, MSNBC, reading the New York Times, Washington Post. Because I think this, true, I true. think this is the honeymoon period for him. I would very much doubt come you know, August and September of next year, if you're seeing Cornell West interviewed across the media.
3: Sure. I really appreciate that feedback, Jordan. And if there was one thing I could say before I go, I would just tell people to research his track record and just look at all the time he's been involved in protests and taking a stand for what he believes is right. He has a well enough track record for us to vote for him. And my buddy and I will be going to vote for him in November. So thank you, Jordan. I appreciate your time.
0: Absolutely, Ben. Take care. Uh, yep. Have a good one. up next, uh, Richard. Hello. Hey there.
4: Hi. You know, I'm calling about the Ukraine war and I'm a hundred percent behind the Russians and they got to face these Nazis again. <laughs> Imagine after they killed 27 million of them and destroyed their country. And then you got one mistake Putin made. And I was surprised at him when they pulled that coup in 2014 with those Rats, Nazis, he should have went in there then and crushed them. He should have fucking went in there and crushed them. why do he fuck around and play with these people? The United States, yeah, a rat nation like this, full of rats and murderers. We got a criminal government. These people have to wake up. This is a degenerate cesspool and it'll be the best thing when this fucking empire collapses. Thank God we got a counterweight now, Russia and China, to keep these beasts down a little bit. Because I said when the Soviet Union collapse, you're going to see hardball, bare knuckle capitalism come back and destroy and take back any gains that were made by people and unions. And I belong to a union that back in Joe Biden, what could you say? What kind of unions are they? Their sellout unions, all the good unions with the communists and socialists in it were destroyed.
0: Well, I don't agree with you completely. Uh, I think Russia was obviously lied to uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union. Uh, I think that they were told NATO wouldn't uh, move further past reunified Germany. Uh, And I think they should have talked to the Indians.
4: They should have took a look at how we dealt with the Indians with treaties. What, are you kidding me? What, are we being naive? You know, you're dealing with. You're dealing with a a fucking beast.
0: You're talking about about dealing with the U.S.?
4: Yeah. Who else? Who else is caught in this world? If the U.S. wasn't around, this world would be so much more peaceful. Killed a good man like Gaddafi. Had one of the highest standards of living in Africa. I mean, these people, there's no end to their treachery. And it's all coming from this place. It's all being generated. And the madness of it is, Europe is ready to go down this, down the tubes (laughs) with with these animals. (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm so, I'm 76 years old. I lived in this, and I'm beyond. And as you could see, I'm so disgusted. The only thing I think is the only way to get around these mothers, you gotta leave this fucking place. You gotta leave this, this, this set pool. You know, criminals and maniacs and murderers, war criminals. Every president, war criminals. You talk about be- dealing with us? They even betrayed them with the, with the Minsk Accords. They were waiting for time. Andrew Merkel came out and said it. They were still for time to build up the Ukraine, those Nazis. I mean, how can you say, you know, you, I mean, I don't understand. And even people that talk good, they wind up flipping anyway in the end. You know, and the, oh, the invasion. What invasion? My, like I said, he should have been there in 2014. That's where he fucked up. And he should have crushed him. He should have smashed them, And this wouldn't be happening now. Well, He'd try to be, well, so Putin well is a nice guy. Let me tell you, because anybody else, I tell you, he, he's very, very restrained. Let me tell you, he's a man of, he don't want to see the third world war happen because it could happen real quick. When you're dealing with shit like this in this country, the United States, gotcha, government, all right, you know, and th- that's the reality of it. All thank right, thank you for your time. Thanks, I'm man. Sorry, I was so, you know, animated, but <laughs> that's that's the built up anger that I had toward these fucking criminals. Thank uh, you again. I like your show. Thank Got you. A good show
0: appreciate all right. it. All right. Bye. 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 Uh, certainly, certainly was animated. Don't agree out with him on uh, Gaddafi or Putin uh, being good or nice guys, but respect your opinion. Uh, let's go to Lynn. You're up. Hi. Hey there. I
5: love your show. Thank you. I just, <laughs> I just want to let you know, oh, the guy before. I
0: want an audio book with his voice. I'm sorry. I want an audio book with his voice, his angry Staten Island voice.
5: <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. Um. The problem is that we're not taking to the streets and stopping the flow of money coming into the corporations. If we did that and we demanded that all these leaders sit down and talk to each other instead of acting like a bunch of me I think pretty much something will be worked out. But. My question to you was going to be, why are not more of these political shows, and by the way, I love your show, um, pushing for ranked choice voting? Because I think that Colonel West would have a much better chance of getting in. And I think voters should be fighting for the chance to be able to have ranked choice voting available in their, you know, in their uh, precincts or whatever, you know, when they go to vote. So uh, that's my question to you. Thank you so much.
0: Um, thank you. A few things, let me start in reverse. Why are more shows not pushing for ranked choice voting? The truth, it's the, it's a very important topic, but they don't think it will get them clicks and it's not a sexy topic. So. We cover a lot of things wow. that we cover a lot of things that others don't cover. Uh, Flint, for example, I was going to have a guest on about Flint a little bit later. I'm rescheduling it because Trump just got indicted. And But I've been covering Flint for going on eight years. No one else is covering it. They don't think it will get them clicks, uh, whether it's corporate media or even independent media. At the end of the day, this is a click economy, particularly on YouTube and these other platforms And people put in headlines and images what they think will get them clicks, which is usually conflict, sensationalism, hot takes and other bullshit. If I would have covered Mm. if I would have covered Trump, Russia and Stormy Daniels for the last seven years, we'd probably be at five five million subscribers at this point. But (laughs) uh, having integrity is a lot costlier uh, and we cover more substantive things. We go on the ground and uh, cover you know, environmental calamities. We've been leading coverage of East Palestine and the train derailment and detonation. My colleague Lewis is going back there this month. It's not going to get a ton of views. Right. It's not going to get a ton of views, but it's the right thing to do. And I think um, most of these channels don't cover pr- sp- very actionable, specific things like ranked choice voting. Or how many hmm. of these channels were covering the Amazon labor fight a year before they won? Very few. We were covering it. How many of these channels were covering the Starbucks union fight a year before they won? We were covering it. Not not many of these others. How many of them are interviewing uh, General Motors workers uh, now as they're negotiating? And you might have a UAW strike in September. We just did it. I just did an interview with a UAW worker over the weekend. Nobody else is. Uh, this is not to pat myself on the back. It's to point out it is not as profitable to cover policy oriented or you know things like rank choice voting uh the other thing i'll say Mm. you mentioned we need a general strike we need things like that well i think people need to focus on the difference between us and countries that are able to go on strike much more freely you look at france they raised the retirement age by two years people went fucking ape shit they were storming they were storming the bastille Why
5: I was going to use France as an example.
0: My son from another mother lives in France, yes. And why are they able to so freely and aggressively protest? They got strong labor laws and unions in France, and they have health care as a right as citizenship. We got a president that said, If Medicare for all passed Congress, I would veto it. I don't think they're not, they're depriving us of health care because they don't want us to have health care. I think they don't want us to have health care because they know if they give us those basic human rights, then the dam has broken. Then yeah, people are going to demand much motor. more.
5: The, the big money won't be
0: coming in. That's, you know, <laughs> yep. You got it. And I think it's, you know, I understand. Disgusting. I I, I it's go around disgusting. the country. I go around the country. There's a lot of people I totally understand. They don't have the luxury of going out there and, you know, striking or, protesting hell they're hear you. they're afraid hear you. they're afraid if they yeah. go to the bathroom too many times at work because they need that health yep. insurance for them and their kids uh or they need you know they need the job security or they're going to be homeless and that is well that's the
5: problem is that we're all going to end up homeless <laughs> Yep. You know, if we don't do something and we don't speak out and we don't and, you know, look at the pro the the progressives in, in the Democratic Party. They all if they all got together like the Republicans do, you know, and and fight back instead of letting two people <laughs> lead the you know, make all the rules, I, agree. I think. A lot could get done, but there I don't know what the problem is.
0: I think the problem well
5: that, the problem is that their career is is, is the problem.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the problem. <laughs> and you know, I also think to be honest with you, I think a lot of people doesn't really matter progressive, conservative, libertarian, whatever. A lot of people have kind of wrongly think that like it's activism to write a hashtag. <laughs> you know, a lot of people think they're like doing yeah. something by hey It's good for me. I want people online and watching status cool, obviously, but people need to realize, you know, oh, go ahead.
5: Sorry. The reason why I mentioned ranked choice voting is that a lot of people don't know about it. And I think that if, you know, if more people knew about it, (laughs) maybe
0: they would push for it. But, you know, absolutely. Well, we've I interviewed Jill Stein on it. We've covered it. So and I'll, I'll do more on it. It's it's I'm glad you brought it up. I hear you. Absolutely. Cuz if Thank we had so and by the way, if we had ranked choice voting, they couldn't push this bullshit about spoilers cuz it would no longer matter.
5: Exactly. Exactly. That's what I keep telling everybody. I try to, you know, tell as many people that I know that are involved in politics, you know, especially the Democrats, please look into it. It's it's not perfect, but it's better than nothing and it's better than what we have now because no one Democrats already admitted in court they're not you know they're, they're choosing their candidate in the primaries anyway our votes don't count so there you have it Absolutely. I mean we invade countries we invade countries for their elections and here we are pulling this kind of corrupt stuff it's, it's Disgusting. Well, anyway. I
0: don't know if you caught uh, a couple of weeks ago, Cornell West was on with uh, Anderson Cooper, and Anderson Cooper kind of chided him, uh, saying, "You know, uh, it's inappropriate for you to compare what we did in Iraq to Russia bombing Grozny, uh, the Chechen city, in 1999." Uh, and basically, Anderson Cooper was saying, "You know, Putin, uh, his intention was to destroy the city." our intention was to not to destroy Iraq. Uh, It it was obscene. The bullshit Anderson Cooper was spewing. Yeah. Yep. I saw that and I was disgusted also. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for calling. Appreciate it.
5: You're welcome. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Absolutely. You take care. (laughs) You too. Uh, Keep smashing that like button. Super chats are appreciated. I'll read them at the end. And remember, sign up as a status coup member. Our members only call through Zoom is Thursday night at seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, We also, your membership is how we fund our on the ground reporting. Uh, John Farino was on the ground today covering uh, a writer's strike event in New York City. We'll have that footage later. Uh, He's been covering other stuff for us on the ground. I am planning on going back on the ground this month. Uh, Lewis is going to be going back to East Palestine this month. All of this costs money. Wow! We are not the only. That's right. We do not just sit in the studio, as you know. We are out there on the ground. Not sending
5: money to the duopoly and send it to independent media, please.
0: There you go. Uh, I agree. Listen to her. Listen to her. She's got it (laughs) right. Uh, Thanks so much. All right. Up next, uh, Benjamin. Hello. Hey there.
6: Uh, thank you for doing what you're doing, Jordan. It's amazing what you do. Oh, thanks. Um, but about the uh, 2024 poll, or maybe just uh, just to comment on rank choice voting quickly, because that was just mentioned. Sure. Um I'm from Massachusetts. And uh, I, in got 2020, the, I got family up
0: there.
6: We had rank choice voting on the ballot in 2020, and that was after the 2020 presidential primary where Joe Biden only won Massachusetts with like 33 or 35% of the vote mm-hmm. and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren split it Bernie coming in second and Elizabeth in third um and
0: I didn't know in that in that case I didn't it, know you had ranked choice it voting it would have been
6: oh no we don't have ranked choice voting but this is Basically, the case was that in the twenty twenty Democratic primary, uh, Bernie would have won if there was ranked choice voting. Right, right. And then there was ranked choice voting on the ve- in, on the ballot in mm. November, and it didn't win, even though there was virtually no opposition campaign to it. Hmm. Massachusetts voters voted it down. So. You know, it, I don't know. I find myself very hopeless, even when it comes to supporting Democratic measures like ranked choice voting. It's just fascinating. Well,
0: a couple, but, things, a couple things to that. One, uh, I will say Elizabeth Warren should have dropped her ass out after she lost New Hampshire, but that's neither here or there. Uh, I think if she would have yeah. dropped out, Bernie would have won Massachusetts, but that's for a different dis- day and discussion. Um I don't know. You know, Massachusetts, I do think Massachusetts is kind of like your old school traditional liberal type of state. Uh, A lot of kind of affinity for the Kennedys and that kind of old school liberalism. And (laughs) my strong guess, you say there wasn't a lot of opposition to it. I doubt there was that much uh, education and information on what it was uh, to the voters. So I can't, I don't, you know, I wasn't paying attention to it, but I think if there would have been a more organized, you know, more um, uh, potentially um, creative campaign, might have turned out different in terms, in favor of uh, ranked choice in Massachusetts. But I don't know enough about it.
3: Yeah.
6: And just to comment on the recent poll that had Trump and Biden tied at 43 percent. And also just recent polling showing that the American people just think the the economy sucks which it does for most average people it just amazes me that the biden administration thinks that running on bidenomics is like any kind of strategy like what
7: is that they are just stupid
0: well it's the same shit that hillary ran on in 2016 i mean she didn't say it this way but she was basically running on obama's third term and the economy and we've lifted we've gotten out of the ashes of the financial crash and the economy is growing again and you know uh vote for me but that really people didn't feel that uh and why did people why did so many people even consider trump in the first place because their fucking economy was decimated particularly in the de-industrialized midwest i mean i was on the campaign trail in 2016 i covered probably like 40 trump rallies it wasn't Russia. Yeah. As soon as he mentioned NAFTA, he had he had most of these people. Uh, so I think the Democratic yeah. Party, uh, for the most part, I think it's both kind of your classic rich people's disconnect. All these people actually think, like Biden and the consultants and you know Pelosi and all these people, they actually think GDP numbers and the unemployment number and the stock market is a real marker of like average people's lives. And that's not reality. Um, Low unemployment is also a red herring. You got to look at the real unemployment number, because low unemployment also factors in how many people have just stopped looking. Uh, As part of those job numbers, how many of them are good union jobs? How many of them are living wage jobs? How many of that is gig workers? How many of those numbers that are considered jobs are people working more than one job? Like, none of that is factored in when you hear this Bidenomics fairy dust. And in fairness to Biden, Democrats have been doing this forever, and Republicans do this too. They just cite the low unemployment numbers, GDP growth. You know, if like wages have gone up like 1%, like, you know, let's have fireworks. Um, The reality is the the true U.S. economy is not the bullshit they're spewing. The true U.S. economy is this. That's it. Yeah. I've been showing this chart forever and ever. I mean, the red the red line and all the gr- the great bank robbery uh that's been going on for 40 years. Your money going to to their fucking yachts and uh you know, caviar. I mean, this is the economy. Productivity skyrocketing, wages flat. Uh wages skyrocketing among the top 1 to 10%, everybody else relatively flat. And this is not normal and they're not doing anything to change that it's only got it's gotten worse under democrats republicans and at the end of the day what's the point what's the point on knocking on doors on making calls for these candidates and donating if when they get in office they're going to fucking cite an unelected parliamentarian as a reason we can't uh, raise the minimum wage when they run on a public when they run on a public option which is not enough, but you know, it's better than what we have now. He abandoned that right away. I mean, I could go down a list of things they unilaterally abandoned and didn't even try. So, you know, I don't want Trump, but I also, I can't in good conscience keep saying, well, you know, this time we got to close our eyes and count to 10 and we'll get him next time, but we got to avoid the fascists. I mean, at a certain point, it can't just, it can't, every time can't be, Right now, we have to avoid fascism. We already have fascism; uh, it's called corporate fascism.
6: Yeah, yeah. And but just the point that you just made on volunteers and people not being inspired. I mean, that's why I'm so disappointed in Bernie Sanders and the Bernie Sanders campaign because it's just nothing now. There is nothing all the progressives have just bent the knee and don't care anymore to fight for anything and just all the people that believed in Bernie I mean I knocked on doors I volunteered for Bernie I was in New Hampshire for Bernie it's just all evaporated into nothing I agree and there was one point in which I thought he would primary him in 2024 uh Joe Biden there was one moment where I did believe that. And, you know, it was, I guess, really stupid thinking on my part, but
0: you know, you know, what bothers bothers me the most? I mean, I'm not like, and I'm not like a Jimmy door. I'm not going to call him a sellout and, you know, call him Lucifer and these things. I respect what he's done. But what bothers me is at the end of the day, if, if you're going to play inside baseball and, you know, be diplomatic and, try to be an inside player. I don't really agree with that strategy, but okay, let's say you're going to do that. At least get something for it. I mean, his, na- right. his, his, na- yeah. his naivete in politics, for example, like it's just common practice in parliament in the United Kingdom and other places. Even if you're political allies, you leverage your vote and get concessions for certain things. That's just called politics. Why did you endorse yeah. him now? What was, what was the need to endorse him now? Why couldn't you have said, you know, I support the president, but I'm, you know, weighing my options here. Uh, You know, I'd like to see Biden do a little bit more before uh, making a decision on my endorsement. That is a tactful and intelligent way of saying, hey, Biden, you want me to, you know, tell the young kids to come out for you? You want me to tell my base to come out for you? Here's what I want. He could have done it privately. Uh, There's no, obviously he didn't do that. And there's no evidence he's gotten anything from, got anything from Biden privately. Um, You know, you could say maybe the American Rescue Plan, uh, the COVID bill was more than Biden would have done, you know, without Bernie being there. But, you know, I I don't think that's anything to write home to. Uh, Bernie could have said, now I want Biden to pledge that if reelected, he's going to go for a $20 minimum wage. And to hell with the parliamentarian and these other things. He should have said it publicly. Um, so my my main thing with Bernie is he's not even willing to demand concessions for his support. Um, and I don't know what it is. I mean, I have sources in Bernie world. I don't know if it's just because he's because he's tired and old. I mean, he's been in politics for a long time. He's 81 years old. If that's the case, you know, retire and go write books, give speeches and enjoy your grandkids like nobody would hold you, you know, hold it against you. Uh, but if you're going to be there, right. people expect to fight. I mean, I remember remember when Obama was president, Bernie was leading rallies outside the White House. You know, when Obama was president, on on Standing Rock and other things against Obama. There's none of that now, and you know, obviously yeah. the squad and others uh, have very much let us down. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you. It's it's it's, and that's by the way that also. Creates more people interested in third parties, which then the Democratic Party calls them, you know, fascist enablers. Well, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to you to persuade these people. The polls show more more Democrats are considering a third party. So, yeah, it's they got to look in the mirror.
6: Yeah, I'll be voting for Cornell West until anything happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for calling. Bye bye. All right. I'll take one more caller and then I got uh daddy duty, uh, Eric. Hello. Hey there.
7: Hey, uh, going? Jordan. I just, I'm good. Uh, well, good ish. <laughs> uh, I am calling from central Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm a rather new subscriber, a listener to your shows and podcasts. Welcome. Uh, great job. People have said. Thank you so much. Um I just want to say having been a Green Party member since uh too soon the one thing that I don't think gets mentioned enough. The difference between the Green Party and say like a Bernie Sanders, which kind of folds back into the Democratic Party both the Democrats and Republicans, they have these like progressive wings or different wings that, you know, come out around election time and then inevitably just fold back into the crust um, to be the same old, same old, which ends up being kind of a, a, a centrist thing. The thing about the Green Party is we do not take corporate money. And while, you know, I literally had to write in my vote in Pennsylvania, for Howie Hawkins. And Howie, you know, he wasn't a wower in terms of like this personality that is really gripping where Cornell has a gripping personality and certain uh, certainly Jill Stein, who I met twice. If you're meeting her twice, she was the real deal. And I, I can't imagine what it would have been like to go through COVID having a Harvard trained medical doctor at the helm, the buffoonery that we had, but um, you know, if you vote Green Party, and you vote your conscience, the Green Party won't let you down in that room. Do we have chances of winning? Eh, you know, uh, 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 some other things I want to get to is like, you know, the why is it so easy to just walk away from the debate? Well, you know, people need to look back. Once upon a time, the debates were handled by the League of Women Voters, Mm -hmm. you know, but then Democrats and Republicans got together and formed an entity that took it out of the hands of the, leader, uh, the League of Women Voters. And it used to be if you qualified funding 5%, so if any party, even third party, got more in the general election, the popular vote, then you would be invited to the next debate. Well, uh, the Libertarians did that, I believe in 2016, and then for 2020, oh, well, because the Democrats and control the debates now, they went and changed the rules. <laughs> OK. Uh, the Libertarians qualified for federal funding. They didn't qualify to be on the debate stage. And now, since it seems so controlled, they're Democrats. Why even debate? You know, why even debate? You know, why even have another voice? Uh, and I'm disappointed in Pennsylvania for our Supreme Court, the state that we needed to go out in the midst of COVID lockdown to get fifty thousand to get back on the ballot for the twenty twenty election. Oh, so I wrote in my vote for Howie Hawkins, and while I knew that quote unquote we wouldn't win, you know, so in that sense it's wasted. Man, I do not have that guilt of voting for the lesser evil have the guilt of voting for the lesser evil because, you know, I was taught as a schoolchild, uh, like I said, I'm a Generation Xer, just about to turn 50, um, that anybody could become president, anybody, you know, and, and Abraham Lincoln, the Republican Party itself, the last time third party won, was in 1860, you know, third party. <laughs> so it can happen, and, and it's criminal how they just control both sides. Um, my ask of you, my question would be, what are some practical things that voters can do beyond getting out to vote, you know, practical things to, without tearing down the empire is sometimes Cornell West, I think goes a little bit extreme and he's like, I'm going to tear down the empire. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, the president drained the swamp and we see happen there. So I'd be careful about. Certain forms of rhetoric, but I get his style and I understand. Um, what can the common person do to change this system? You know, um, and I disagree with you. I, yes, the, the the digital stuff is kind of meaningless, and and actions still, in my Generation X view of the world, act more than you know, tweets or clicks or likes or share there there can be no denying how the younger generations underneath of me are so much more swayed by the digital thing see or, or and are a part of you know so i don't want to just say okay you know go out and do something versus get online or you know like a podcast subscribe etc cetera, etc cetera. so that would be my question is what do you think as a uh, journalist what America needs to do to generate a positive change, whether it be, you know, getting a third party in office or or just dismantling this corporate autocracy that we think, you know, we're being lied to. It's it, it's under the auspices of freedom, but none of us are actually free. Right. You know, I live paycheck to
0: paycheck. I have a union job, you know? Uh, I think there's uh, a lot we could do. It's just a lot of people, uh, because of what we see in the media and kind of focused on, in sh- on on a lot of YouTube shows, we don't see this as much. First thing I tell people to do, start showing up to your city council meeting locally. Uh, I could tell you there's a lot better chance you're gonna change the system starting on a local level uh, than focusing on national politics. Doesn't mean don't vote, doesn't mean don't try and organize a third party nationally, but you're getting screwed the most right down the block from your city council members, uh, who a lot of them, frankly, are real estate developers, uh, literally serving as city council members. I've seen that in covering stuff on the ground. Uh, find out when your city council meeting is show up if you can. I mean, obviously there's a lot of people who can't, you know, you work in multiple jobs, have kids, whatever. But if you could show up even once a month, imagine if instead of like most city councils, you have Eh, if you're lucky, maybe a dozen residents show up. Imagine if hundreds of people are in there uh, demanding things from their city council members, mayors. Uh, Imagine what you'll find out about the fuckery and corruption that they are passing openly without residents showing up. Um, I think the more people get involved locally, and it's not just city council members, not just showing up at city council, but that's a start. Um, The Green Party has honestly... The mo- uh, excelled on the local level. Uh, they've gotten elected on the local level. Uh, obviously, it hasn't, you know, uh, ended up on the national level yet, but you got to start somewhere. And I think if you get involved locally, if more people start showing up, city council, uh, more people start learning about, you know, what your city, state, municipalities are doing, the debt they have, the type of bond deals they are getting involved in, which often they are issuing bond deals, which is, signing up for these municipal bonds, which is they are borrowing money to pay for things. And who do you think is ultimately paying for it? You, the taxpayers. This is what happened in Flint. That's what caused the water crisis, Uh, privatized water pipeline. If more people would have shown up at city council before this happened, they would have known what was going on and they might've been able to stop it. So I I would start on the local level. And from that local level, more people start showing up to city council meetings, if more people start getting knowledgeable about what's being done, quote, in your name by your local representatives, then start making connections at these meetings, start organizing locally. I don't think there's going to be a general strike tomorrow, but if enough people start showing up to city council meetings, start showing up to town events. Maybe you could organize a protest against the local grocery store that is exploiting its workers. And when I say protest, I mean economic boycott. Maybe you could start uh, organizing economic actions against the local bank if they're fucking, uh, you know, screwing around uh, in the community. you got to start organizing on the local level and going from there. Maybe people could start organizing a tenants union, which has been popping up more and more. Prevalently, uh, as evictions have been rising over the last few years and rent prices are out of control. So my best advice, it's not sexy. Start showing up locally because that's oh, where you have the most direct effect. That's where you have the most direct effect um, and chance at kind of tweaking things. Uh, and I've seen it New York City. We've seen uh, more progressives, even socialists uh, getting elected on you know state assembly, things like that. Uh, those don't get the major headlines or like, you know, the all caps videos on YouTube, but they're the things that actually have the effect of working. Shama Sawant, for example, right now, uh, she, by her own choice, is leaving her role at the end of the year, but she's fighting for rent control uh, in Seattle. Um, she's already won her and Socialist Alternative have won uh higher minimum wage there. Uh, they won an Amazon tax. That's in large part through more more activism, more people showing at city, showing up at City Hall, uh, more people showing up. Uh, she had a lot of town hall meetings. I covered one. There were hundreds of people there. Uh, so that's my best advice.
7: Cool. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you very, very much. This is my first time ever calling into a show. Oh. But uh, I felt like, you know, your show was worth it. So thank oh, I appreciate you it so much.
0: Thank you. All right. Got to wrap up uh, the calls because my baby's crying and I got to go help the wife. Uh, Let me read some super chats. Uh, Thank you, Fly Chomper Fly. $2 inspiration break for Grumbine. Uh, Yes, Uh, glad Steve was on. And, uh, you know, listen, Steve, myself, we all get depressed from time to time in this line of work, whether you're a journalist, an activist. We all need breaks. We all get jaded. Our spirit gets zapped. Sometimes we wonder whether you're a journalist, an activist, don't have a label. You wonder, why am I even involved? Why am I trying? It's hopeless. We all get that way. And when you get that way, it's okay to take a break. Uh, we all need those breaks. Uh, so I'm glad Steve took that break. Fly, jump, and fly, two bucks. Inflation down now that we have new norm of prices. I don't know how much inflation is down. Is gas $5 a gallon? No. It's still pretty high where I live. It's still, groceries are still high. Rent. They could say, oh, rent is coming down. Uh, Most people I talk to, rental prices are through the roof and most people can't afford a home. Uh, Christina, 499, preach Steve, we live in a death economy. Thank you, Christina. John, $20. Thank you so much, John. Really appreciate it. Uh, Let's see if I missed any member signups. Reminder, we're having our members only call Thursday night, seven o'clock. So sign up as a status coup member. Uh, You could sign up. Tonight, you could sign up before Thursday. Larry just signed up. So we got a new member while we've been live. Uh, membership is how we grow. Not only do you get the great uh, perks, uh, join us on our monthly members call through Zoom. Uh, we also do behind-the-scenes videos for our members when we're on the ground. We also have a members-only Discord Uh, so there's a lot of great perks of membership, but most importantly, you are funding, funding our journalism, particularly the on the ground journalism. Like I said, we're sending Lewis back to East Palestine this month. I'm look, I'm right now, uh, working on some things and trying to plan my next on the ground trip, hopefully for this month, uh, John Farina has been doing some on the ground work. We'll have his footage from, uh, a writer's strike event he covered in New York city today. All of it costs money. It's not cheap to do real on the ground reporting. That's why most people sit in the studio and pontificate. So if you can, please support us. Statusku.com slash join. Statusku.com slash join. Uh, tomorrow we'll be live again, five o'clock Eastern. And I'll follow up, see what's the, uh, you know, obviously the Trump indictment is going to be covered by everyone. So we'll cover it, but I want to, you know, cover it a different way. So we're not just repeating what everyone else is saying. So I got to look into the details on the Trump indictment, but thank you everybody for watching. Thanks for the super chats and please, please sign up status. slash join, become a member for as low as five to $10 a month. Take care.